they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Conspiracy Gangster. News with Attitude. What is up, y'all? And we're back. Conspiracy Gangster. News with Attitude. Got a lot of stuff lined up for you today, man. I I, I thought I would, uh, you know, come out strong. Definitely going to get a little bit into the COVID, a little stuff that's going on. Like, uh, going to start touching on it more and more each week because I think it's a, a topic we got to start watching again. But before we get into all that, let me remind you, go get your tickets at killthemockingbirds.com, 40 in Airwaves. It's October 6th, 7th, and 8th, and it's going to be a great time. Bunch of different podcasts, Bump Podcast, Uncomfortable, Hollow Skies, Appalachians Intelligence, Cryptos of the Corn, and us, Kill the Mockingbirds. We will be doing a live show. Never again will be performed again. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's not going to be recorded. It's just going to be for that event. Also, at KillTheMockingbirds.com, I think we might have a new addition today to add to it. But you can go to the disinformation section and there we're putting up relevant topics and papers, uh, not necessarily articles, but physical papers, studies done, uh, things, you know, evidence you could show people of a lot of the stuff we see around here. And don't forget, while you're at KillTheMockingbirds.com, go grab that new Portal Babies t-shirt. There's also another one coming out. I won't say anything yet, but I think there will be an announcement this week. We're going to have some fresh new gear for y'all. So help support the show. Share five-star reviews. Get some of the merch if you got a chance. You know, check out the music. Sean Chris music on all music streaming platforms. And we appreciate all your support. I mean, we've been getting a lot of love. So I really want to shout out everybody. To, uh, that's something to say. We even got uh, people responding to some of the things we're saying, you know people were happy that we're going to talk about covid or i'm gonna talk about covid today and i think like i said in the next few weeks i got a couple other stuff i'm working on just had some other stories i wanted to drop on y'all but definitely appreciate all the support everybody that's been sharing the show five star reviews getting all the merch just want to give you all the shout out y'all really helping us and uh we're gonna keep growing man and uh i think it's that time now like we always do about this time so I am going to get in right away with uh, that whole Florida Nazi uh, bullcrap that we all saw. So if you guys don't know, I guess it was over the weekend, over the holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, a handful of Nazis <laughs> got together and I'm not going to show you the whole clip because they get all, you know, with like trying to blame all the problems on the Jewish people or calling them like, you know, they talk about capitalists. That's like kind of where I come in and with the clip, they're actually saying that Jewish people started like, you know, all capitalism and they're saying that's your side, this and that. Right. Another funny thing and ironic to me is that there's this notion and it's not just a Nazi group. There's other groups out there like the black Israelites and uh KKK. I'm sure there's many groups that uh, I'm not mentioning. And I've always found it funny about this thought of a pure race. Like there's no pure race, man. Like we're all mutts. Like there's a little bit of all of us and we're all God's children, but that's beside the point. That's just something I always felt like ironic. And also that people would not be more upset with anybody that has the Nazi symbol. Now we all know that the Nazi symbol is uh, not just representative of the Nazi. We, we've discussed that before, but still, if you just go on a surface level and you see these swastikas, which should represent fascism and things that people fought in the war. Like, I just don't understand how even with the propagandized mind, that should automatically get you to, like, not want them to be a part of anything. So, in this week's PSYOP, we got, a uh, what's his name? Christopher Palomasas. I'm probably saying his name wrong. A former Marine who also goes by Hammer, spoke on an overpass along members of both Blood Tribe and Goyam Defense League today in Florida, though this was now a couple of days ago. I'm going to play this because I thought it was interesting. I've poked around the theory and other people have poked around the theory that maybe they're intentionally putting Biden in these positions. I think that Biden was supposed to be president because 
Hey man, look at him. He's a big buffoon. It's kind of easy to get away with stuff when people feel for Grandpa Joe. But you'll see that these reporters, and I'm not saying that everybody's in on it because I have a feeling the reporters thought he was going to say Trump. They ask him about who he's going to vote for in the upcoming election. Capitalism, billionaires, that's your side. I know it's your side because you still have a job. Christopher, there's a presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen? My vote is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. In, in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell Ukraine, hell Azov. Yeah, Tell me this, Christopher. Oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> Another one of those psyops that we're always seem to be caught up in. And funny enough, if people don't know, some of my favorite podcasts, some of the information I get, not only from, you know, the news we hear from the mainstream media outlets of Fox and CNN and NPR and the AP, blah, 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 so on and so forth. You know, I go to a couple other websites and things of that nature, but some of my other alternative media go-tos are No Agenda, which I think a lot of people would know that I listen to No Agenda, love No Agenda. Um, Whitney Webb, I think Whitney Webb has a ton of great uh, information. Go to Unlimited Hangouts, you know, she has a great podcast and she also has some great articles. She's done some wonderful work on uh, the whole Epstein thing. Uh, our buddy, uh, Charlie Robinson, Macroaggressions, I think that's like very informative. And also, Ryan and the American Last Vagabond. That's another, and, and of course, uh, 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 James Corbett, and I'm probably forgetting some other ones and Propaganda Report. But Ryan from Last American Vagabond has been talking about this for a little bit. And I think he has a new episode. I haven't got the chance to listen to it yet, but I, I follow him on X now, formerly known as Twitter. And they were making the comparison because Laura Loomer had barely found out, I guess, that the connection with Ukraine and January 6th. So there's a photo that surfaces with uh, the QAnon shaman, and he's with Sergi Daibani. I'm probably saying his name wrong, but don't worry. I'm going to have some of this information all on my Twitter, Sean Chris. KTMB uh, on X or whatever it's called nowadays. Uh, I'll be reposting. I don't really talk a lot. I mean, I just like either talk crap to people and uh, say my piece or I'm just like reposting stories to remember what to talk about. But there's a picture with this Sergi and QAnon Shaman. But there's also pictures with him in 2014 in a photo at Russia occupied airport, Don Donskia airport. Excuse me. And they were talking about, and that's what Ryan is like, uh, you know, he's been on this for a while. And I think we've also been on that same beat a little bit of talking about this whole domestic terrorist situation, which are going to flip. And it's going to be exactly like uh, the Middle Eastern, uh, the Iraq, uh, uh, the Al Qaeda era of terrorism, but at home. Now, another interesting thing. Not only do we know about Victoria Newland and fuck the EU in 2014 and the coup that, you know, with Obama. So we kind of like all really talk about that. Obama and that administration with Biden, you know, that's how it all started with Ukraine. But there's more to it. Project Aerodynamic. The objective? Nationalist flare up in widely scattered areas of the Soviet Union, and particularly those in the Ukraine. So this operation goes all the way back, I think, to like 1948, if I'm not correct. If I may be wrong on that, I'm trying to like look it up real quick for y'all. But I believe it was like 1948. Let me see. I have this. And I'm going to be posting this. I'm going to give it to Joel. Um, he's been killing it on the website lately. And uh, have them add this to the disinformation section. Because this is a CIA.gov document that you can see for yourself. So since sometime in the 1940s, we've been promoting fascism in the Ukraine. And it's just ironic that at the same time, 
now all of a sudden, you know, we've heard it everywhere with the Thailand qualities of the world and the, the woke left. They've been pushing this narrative of Nazi, Nazi, white supremacists, white supremacists are overtaking this country. And they'll find every chance they can, you know, like to find these federally funded groups. Not all, like even this one, it's probably not federally funded because most of the time, the way I see things, it's not every single person's a fed. It's they seed it, right? They weave these seeds into the mind of people and then they push this the people that are easily to follow into the direction that they want them in. And as we could see, they've been doing this in Ukraine since like the forties. They've been trying to overturn the Soviet union and, uh, you know, kind of have their stranglehold there. I think it's something relevant. I think that we're seeing it, uh, boots on the ground. And honestly, this whole Nazi bullcrap, like I was saying in the beginning, uh, this pure blood or they're taking our jobs or whatever it may be, whatever we see it as. Because obviously every situation gets us feeling a certain way if it's taken away from us or it's putting us in bad positions. I think they want to really promote this domestic terrorist thing. And we saw little bits and pieces of it, but we're seeing these, what the CIA and other intelligent agencies have been pushing, orchestrating these movements. And I'm not saying every single person in those movements, but they recruit them in the jails. And you only need a few people to recruit. The rest of them will follow a charismatic leader. And they look for charismatic leaders that can get away with stuff. Like the Enrique, the, the Proud Boys that I guess he just got arrested. I mean, he just got sentenced to 22 years. You know, people are feeling for him. But to me, I'm not. He's an FBI informant. We've known that for a long time. Most of these guys are. They have dirt on them. They have prior crimes or run-ins with the law that they decided to flip. And now they can get away with anything. I would highly doubt that he really goes those time. But that's the same thing I see with this hammer. You know, this guy, he has a, a, a blinged out uh, swastika. To me, they're the, just these characters. And... I think we'll find more and more because now of the age of the internet where people can find all kinds of posts. Some of these people have posts prior to them being affiliated with any of organizations. I know I saw one where he was like crying over a girl or something like that. I'm sure we'll see more. I just think this is again, another step to that domestic terrorist level that they're trying to get us to. And we're not going to take it, man. I think that we should like call these people out. Like when we see this stuff and I've seen plenty of people doing this, but I think we need to keep doing it. Call them out. We're not, we don't associate with you, bro. Like you're not a part of what we're a part of. Don't, don't even try to like get on our bandwagon. And, and it was funny that he said Biden and I'm sure that, you know, all the Trump supporters are like, yeah, like I get it. Like you knew that they're going to do some kind of flip. You got to see the script that they're going off of it. It does remind me of wrestling so much. It's like every day, it looks even more and more because they try to do like these little like whoop, these little slide of hands that kind of move everything around like, hey, you think I'm going this way, I'm going that way. And they just flip it on all of us. But fuck those Nazis, bro. Like straight up, like those fools ain't got shit. They just run their mouth. They talk about a pure race. They have no idea what they're talking about. They've done zero research on anything. They're just losers that are probably being funded by some intelligent agency and they think they're big and bad. I say we call them out and call any infiltrators that be trying to step in our country and dictate how we're going to think about other people. I, I understand we have little arguments about immigration and things of that nature, but come on, man. These guys are full of hate. Fuck them. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Enough of that. We're going to uh, go to on another chilling story that everybody was talking about most of y'all have probably heard that burning man was declared a national emergency but there's some pretty crazy stuff coming out so it was announced earlier that burning man was declared a national emergency because it was flooded and so they sent in fema which already seemed kind of like a weird reason to send in fema and keep anyone from leaving the festival Seventy-three thousand people they're keeping locked in there for flooding now there's some new terrifying information coming out that there's a virus on the loose in the festival and that people are getting really sick with boils, vomiting, hemorrhaging. 
To me, this makes way more sense than flooding in terms of what their response was to the situation. This is a text from one of the festival goers, and he said, Yo, just figured you should hear from me first. Daryl is crazy sick with something that has him coughing up really coagulated blood. Medic showed up wearing a full suit. No idea where he is now. I would stay inside your camper. And he goes on to say that an outside agency is putting up a fence. This is a different festival goer that said, you're never going to fucking believe it. They're saying it's Ebola. Freaking Ebola at Burning Man, guys. If this is true, that is insane. I just hope that everyone ends up being okay and that they make it out. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> so I'm sure some of you have, or a lot of you may have, saw this post. I think it originated on TikTok, and it's another one, another great example of Cass Sunstein's work, just beautifully working on the people. Because now we do it to ourselves. We hear information. And we don't always look into it and we just pass these videos around as if they are true. Similar things happen during the COVID time, right? Those videos of people falling over in China and, and looking like a plague, a black plague. And those videos circled around the web and it got everybody in a frenzy. And that's what I see with this. Because there was no FEMA there. There is no Ebola outbreak. There was a flood. And predominantly, most of those people are like rich tech junkies, right? Like those uh, tech people. But that, that's beside the point. The thing is, is we got to stop playing into their hand. And that's how I see it. I, I see it as us playing into their hand because we're passing around a video talking about Ebola breakout and Burning Man without any evidence and then it causes panic right it causes panic to where people are like oh man ebola and then now people start believing that narrative and i wouldn't be surprised if they use this event to push covid like they did with sturges and, and other events they're gonna be like hey there's a, if you're listening into the news there's all this uptick uptick there's upticks of covid covid uptick Hey, watch out for the COVID uptick. Did you know there's a COVID uptick? That's all they're talking about because they're not seeing surge yet, right? They're, they're, they're preparing our minds so that like the other people, and I know that most people that listen to either conspiracy gangster, ginger snaps, uh, or kill the mockingbirds. I know that you guys know what's going on. I know that you guys are not super worried or most of the time you're not going to fall for the propaganda, but there's loved ones we have that will. Uh, there's people that just don't get it or fear is makes them make bad decisions. It impairs the cognitive ability to really sort through critical matter and think through things instead of just jumping on board with them. So I think we got to take that into consideration. And getting into that, let's just get right into it, right? There's what have I been wanting to talk about? Don't Hey, what's back? Happening right now, a new COVID variant has now been reported in five states, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Texas, and Virginia, all confirming cases of the BA286 strain. Health experts say tracking COVID cases has become increasingly difficult because of home tests and people's lack of interest in actually being tested. The CDC's advisory committee is set to meet this month to discuss new boosters targeting COVID subvariants. So notice how he was talking about people are not even interested in uh, checking any of this out. They're like, they're over it. It's, it's done, man. People are like, man, we're, we've had enough. We've had enough of this COVID lockdown bullcrap. We've enough of this masking, enough of this bullshit in general. But we see people bringing back the mask. We've seen colleges bring back the mask. We've seen people around town, I'm sure, little by little. Not too much around me, but I've seen other other states People have uh, masks everywhere. It's something that uh, we are dealing with. And they are covering their tracks with a lot of it. Because we know for sure that this vax has done a lot of damage. 
Um, I'll talk a little bit more on that in the next episode. I'm working on uh, uh, some of that. Listen, like I said, got to grab some more information from some of these other great podcasters that are out there that are doing wonderful work that also um, need to be supported. So check them out. Like I said, last last American Vagabond and uh, you know the rest that I said, if you didn't hear, I'll repeat it time and time again during the show because there are people that I look out and reach to because they have some great information and I think we should all share it together. So there was also some stuff going around. I didn't get to uh, get to it as much uh, because we were so busy work and uh, trying to get things together that if you remember, we were talking about disease X and the world economic forum was pushing on their podcast about disease X and this mysterious disease uh, or the next disease we needed to know about because it's not, we haven't found it yet, but you know, it's going to be something that we need to worry about. This is another one that I had. I've been saving on this and I just kind of wanted to jump into it Two, actually that I have. One is about disease X where you can hear it in the news that they're actually talking about disease X and the implications of climate change. They were also talking about how this potential disease X, this not even this made up disease that hasn't even come out yet will be spread by ticks. And we heard a lot about these ticks spreading things. And I think that is uh, something that they're going to be scared about. And then they use the climate change aspect because the climate is moving these ticks further into different countries that they normally wouldn't go to. In some of the most secure labs in the country, scientists are already preparing for the next pandemic. It's just called disease X for now because nobody knows for sure which virus will cause it. But at its Porton Down complex, the UK Health Security Agency is scanning the horizon for threats and starting work on vaccines just in case. What we're seeing is a rising risk globally. Now, some of that is because of things like urbanisation, where you may get uh, species jumping, so virus jumping from, as we've seen with uh, bird flu, uh, into humans. Some of it is because of climate change. So this is a growing risk agenda. Um, it, but then it's one that we can use our science actively to uh, prevent human impact. It took a little under a year to develop the COVID jab. The target for a vaccine in the next pandemic is just 100 days. Bird flu, monkeypox and other animal viruses capable of infecting humans are being closely monitored. One early success is a potential vaccine against Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. It's spread by ticks with a fatality rate of around 30%. It's found in Europe and it's moving north with climate change. That's why they're trying to get ahead and clinical trials are already underway. We've got another dead bird. Not quite sure what that is. But it is bird flu that currently tops the list of threats. Tens of thousands of seabirds have died this summer. There have been four human cases in the UK too. All worked in close contact with birds and all are well. But the National Trust, which looks after long stretches of the coast, is urging people to be cautious. I think uh, people are aware of bird flu and they're aware that there's dead birds that are being washed up. Uh, you know, we're asking people not to go anywhere near the birds and especially if they've got dogs, to keep the dogs on leads as well. The bird flu virus has mutated and spread between some mammals, but the UK Health Security Agency says the risk to humans is still thought to be low. So, again, connecting climate change with COVID, which is not a direct connection, but it's the same thing, right? They're using the fear of viruses to kind of get people to do what they want. And here's another clip that I've been holding on to for a little bit. I just thought it's kind of funny how they're like the terminology they use it's like variants of interest <laughs> like it's an investigation it's being called a variant of interest by the world health organization eg5 is another omicron offshoot and behind about 17 percent of new covid19 cases in the u.s so for now it seems that it may have increased transmissibility 
but it does not seem to be posing more of a threat to public health than other variants. So far, EG5 has been detected in 51 countries, its global presence doubling over the last month, with China having the largest portion, about a third of reported cases, followed by the U.S., South Korea, Japan, Canada, Australia, Singapore, and the U.K. at 2%. EG5 was upgraded from a variant under monitoring because global health officials believe it should be tracked and further studied, says Dr. Adi Shaw with Mayo Clinic. So that we can keep an eye on the data and make further determination as to if this is more risky or leading to more hospitalization. Right now, the U.S. is seeing a rise in COVID-19 cases, emergency room visits, and hospitalizations. But it's unclear if this specific strain is driving those increases. Health experts believe the record heat driving people indoors and summer travel may be helping to drive the uptick. An updated COVID booster is expected by fall. It's because the booster is targeted against XBB, and which is the strain of the Omicron family that EG5 is related to or comes from. So potentially it should protect against EG5 as well. For Health Minute, I'm Mandy Gaither. <laughs> and you heard in there, right, the little uptick. The uptick is a big thing that they're using and they're starting to bring in the surge into there. But let, let's welcome back another character uh, from the Trump administration that was uh, big on all this. And let's see what she's got to say. Hey, so... I mean, let's get right into it. How serious is this COVID surge that we're seeing right now in your eyes? Well, I loved your introduction because you laid it out perfectly. So what does it mean when someone recommends a fall vaccination? It means that you're ignoring the summer wave. Mm. And we've had the summer wave in 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023. It is predictable. It's what COVID does. It has been persistent, um, but we've had these waves. And so we've never gotten to zero. The hospital admissions have never gone to zero. Now we're living in this a bit of a fantasy world where we're pretending mm. that COVID is not relevant. But I can tell you, if you can hear my voice and you know two or three people who have COVID, that means that five to 10% of your friends already have COVID. That means that a, there is a lot of COVID out there a lot of COVID out there, right? Of course, somebody has COVID or a virus or a sickness or the common cold. But, you know, Scarfy, Deborah Burks, uh, here's the second part of that. Well, as far as the boosters, then this booster shot, are these boosters coming too late? Well, the important thing is, is this is the booster that would have been appropriate for the summer wave. Mm. This booster is most likely not going to work with the winter wave. Because we huh. already have a pretty significant escape mutant or escape variant out there that's beginning, just like the current the current variant began like eight weeks ago. We are already beginning to see some evidence of a new variant for which the vaccine probably is not well matched. So the whole point of doing M mRNA technology was to be able to switch out. These are the MRA, mRNA vaccines yes. that like, you can tailor make. Yes. So right now, we should be making the vaccine against this very new variant, the B2.86, so that it is ready in January to really combat what we know will be the winter wave. Now, what's interesting is this summer wave and each summer wave seems to be coming about two weeks later. And that resulted in our winter wave last year being in January rather than primarily December. And so we should expect a late December, early January wave. And so we should be making vaccines right now for that wave. Watch out for that mutant. <laughs> you know what I mean? That mutant strain. There's a couple more. COVID is making a comeback just in time for holiday travel. I have not yet had COVID. I am the comorbidity kid. And so I am careful. With cases on the rise, some retailers are running out of tests. Walgreens tells CBS News, we are seeing greater demand, which may cause temporary and isolated shortages. In Los Angeles, cases have doubled in the last month, with nursing homes hit hard. So we should check those nursing homes out again, because we all know there was cameras all over 
uh, boots on the ground, people just going, hey, look at this whole empty hospital system, in which we know that they usually run about 90%, 95%. They only have a certain amount of beds. They have COVID beds. They have ICU beds, so on and so forth. And we've learned a lot of that information now. And they're trying to spin this same game, and we're not going to let it happen, because I think a lot more people are aware. But we got the White House administration. Let's hear them. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. On that new vaccine that's going to be available in mid-September, the CDC data says that only 56 million Americans, 17% of the population, received the updated shot last year. What type of public messaging campaign or effort will the administration and the White House be doing starting in mid-September to get people to get that shot, to get more people than last year to get that shot? As you know, Karen, this is an issue that you have followed very closely for the past two years. And you have known that this, this administration, when it comes to informing the American people about these vaccines, about the different tools that this, pres that this president and this administration has put forward, we have really put informing Americans as a priority. And so we'll continue to do that. We know that uh, that uh, COVID-19 vaccinations are the safest to protect, to protection for avoiding hospitalization, long-term health outcomes and death. And that is why we are going to continue to encourage Americans to stay up to date on their vaccines. Uh, and so you'll hear more from us on that. And as you know, that is something when it comes to informing uh, Americans, American families about uh, this vac about the vaccine, we certainly have been uh, uh, really um, something that we put at the forefront uh, as we move forward with our comprehensive approach to dealing uh, with this pandemic. Oh, so they're going to keep us informed, huh? <clears throat> Bullshit. <laughs> That's a lie. Because that was a uh, good old Jean-Claude Van Damme. August 28th. Uh, here's her. On August 31st, they didn't give us any more information. But now they're going with the same talking lines of encouraging Americans to get their boosties. I mean, how, how concerned um, is the White House about a new COVID wave uh, in the fall? And how are you thinking about you know, masking, uh, boosters, and just broadly about the state of the pandemic right now? So a couple of things. Um, so, um, and I spoke to this on Monday, happy to, to talk about this. Uh, now, so nationally, the, while CDC is reporting an increase in infections, as you all know, and hospitals admissions overall levels remain low, which is important. Uh, the U.S. has uh, experienced increases in COVID-19 during the last three summers, so it's not surprising that we're seeing this uptick. Uh, so, uh, I'd say you know it's been a long, uh, a long period of declining, uh, declining rates, and so when updated COVID shots become available in mid in mid September, we've heard from. Uh, the FDA and CDC, uh, they announced this last week that there will be new, new, uh, new vaccines uh, next, uh, this, are we in September? Next month, mid-September. Uh, mid we'll be encouraging all Americans to get updated COVID, COVID vaccines. And also, let's not forget the RSV. Let's not forget uh, the influenza shots as well. All are very critical and important. So we'll be encouraging Americans to do that. Booster shots! Come get your booster shots! Booster shots, come get your booster shots. <laughs> so all those sheeples that are still out there getting their boosties, uh, beware, man. Uh, they're pushing it down really hard. But again, I know a lot of people that listen to us are not going to fall for it. But we have loved ones that may be under this fear spell, this fear mongering of death or killing your grandma. Remember, everybody was killing their grandmas and killing other people's grandmas for living your life. Another thing we're talking about is masks. Time and time again, we've proven that they're ineffective. Uh, they might be more detrimental to your body than anything. Studies after studies after studies. And uh, we got Flip Flop Flouchy or Fauci, whatever you want to call him, a little gnome on CNN. And it's kind of interesting. They give him a little bit of pushback. I would hope that if, in fact, we get to the point where the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything, I mean, recommends that people wear masks, I would hope that they abide by the recommendation and take into account the risk to themselves and to their families. And again, we're not talking There's about forcing anybody to do anything. Totally understood. There is a perception out there by many, how many, I don't know, that they don't work. 
and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go-round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it, but there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Ruh-roh. Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population level. <laughs> he said on an individual level, not, it will save the individual and also save somebody else, but not on a broader scale, just backpedaling like crazy. I thought that was funny. I wanted to uh, introduce that to y'all because if you haven't heard that clip again, you can find a lot of these clips. I'm posting them on X um, and just reposting them just in case you want to check them out, uh, archive them. Like you said, like many others have said, you never know if we're going to have to need this again. But for me, I'm definitely not taking any vaccine. I'm definitely not getting masks. I masked up once uh, through the whole pandemic. It was on an airplane. Went to go visit my daughter. I know there's a lot of people that are like, I never masked. I never masked up. I mean, I didn't want to, but hey, man, when it's going to see my daughter, I really didn't have much of a choice to go visit her. And I really don't care what anybody thinks in that situation. But I do agree with most people like, don't comply. Do not, do not comply. That's something that we uh, should all stick together on in general. So we don't have to be forced to do something that we don't want to do. And let me, let's go back to one of the classics, you know what I mean? That all of us non-vaccine, vaccinated people all can relate to. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it goes, man. But we still should pray and uh, be be wise and be weary and empathetic to those that did fall for some of this. I know some people want to just jump down their throats and it makes sense because of how they are online. Some are vile and they think that we don't know science and we don't understand science. Even when I would bring up Kerry Mullis and him winning a Nobel Peace Prize for creating the PCR test, they still would uh, laugh it off and take it as a joke they didn't really think that uh anything that we're saying because we're the opposite side that we know what we're talking about but there's a lot of this information now there was a court case in july the food and drug administration the fda is claiming in a federal court that it never told doctors not to prescribe ivermectin to treat covid19 federal judges aren't buying it and state medical boards that rely heavily on FDA guidelines continue to investigate doctors for such prescriptions. 
So I have a little clip of how they denied that they even told, they're like, oh, we never said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like Gupta, when Gupta was on uh, Joe Rogan, he was like, I, I don't recall ever uh, uh, calling it horse paste. And you're like, man, come on, bro. You did. You definitely did. We all heard you. And the thing that's funny too is that we have all these clips of them. But here's a little bit of the FDA in court, federal court. You may proceed. And may it please the court. Ashley Honnold for the United States. This case is about informational statements made by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to inform consumers about the dangers of using certain drugs. FDA made these statements in response to multiple reports of consumers being hospitalized after self-medicating with ivermectin intended for horses, which is available for purchase over-the-counter without the need for a prescription. FDA did not purport to require anyone to do anything or to prohibit anyone from doing What about it. when it said, no, stop it? Why is that a command? That seems to me, it's, that's the, if, if you were in English class, they would say that was a command, stop it. Um, that is different than we're providing helpful information. Your Honor, the language that the FDA used in these tweets were merely quips, and I don't think that these quips changed the substance of FDA's statements. As, as plaintiffs can see... Is that a command? Stop it? The tweets about the horse ivermectin were intended to advise consumers that they should not use ivermectin intended for animals and that this could be unsafe. I'm sorry, can you answer the question, please? Is that a command? Stop it. Your Honor, in some contexts, those words could be construed as a, a command. But in this context, where FDA was simply using these words in the context of a quippy tweet meant to share its informational article, those statements do not rise to the level of a command. Um, plaintiffs concede that it was proper for FDA to identify what ivermectin is FDA authorized for. It's FDA approved for certain conditions like skin conditions or parasites, and it's not FDA approved for treating COVID. <laughs> it was just a quippy comment, you know? They were just joking, guys. They were just joking around, man, trying to warn you not to eat horse paste. They weren't telling doctors not to prescribe it to their patients. That was not happening. And if you think it was, well, then you just don't get jokes. That's what I heard of that whole thing. And we all know the the actual facts. You could look up this court case as well. Like I said, FDA versus, I think it was appeals court uh, about ivermectin. Uh, you, you could check out. I'll post that as well on, uh, try to do it on Telegram. I haven't been on Telegram a lot lately. Uh, got gets too flooded on there sometimes. So it kind of been... Just keep it on the X for a little bit until, you know, we find something else. Now, another interesting thing, uh, wanted to talk about like drones. Now, this is not a long clip. I mean, it's about two minute clip. Maybe it's a little longer than I thought. But we talked about, you know, Walmart starting to deliver drone, you know, packages by drones. Um, we've known a lot of these police forces use drones. They also use, um, you know, different tactical things and military tactical things we've talked over the years. But with these drones, they're doing what they uh, what they were intended to do, which was to watch us. To they wanted to defund the police, and what's happening is now they're using these drones. And I talked about it, I think, a couple Fourth of Julys ago, that my buddy from California. Um, was saying that when they were doing the, the the fireworks, which it's illegal in most places in California, that these fireworks were being watched by drones. So people were getting reported on for doing for all these firework displays being caught by drones. So here's the New York mayor and uh, what their new initiative in New York is. 
Now to the NYPD using drone surveillance this holiday weekend to monitor crowds and watch for any potential problems. ABC's Derek Dennis is in Manhattan with what critics are saying and the mayor's defense of the program. Derek, good morning. Janae, good morning to you. You know, drones just aren't for recreation anymore. Police are using them to be their eye in the sky over large gatherings. But can they show too much and are innocent people being unfairly caught on camera? This morning, the NYPD is raising privacy concerns among some New York City residents ahead of two local parades, Juve and the West Indian Day Parade, that usually attract millions of spectators. The department announcing it will use remote-controlled drones equipped with high-tech cameras for crowd surveillance. The move coming in response to recent complaints about large gatherings in the city. If a caller states there's a large crowd, large party in the backyards, we're going to be utilizing our assets to go up to go check on the party. The plan drawing backlash from some privacy and civil liberties advocates who argued the tactic will target minority communities and may violate surveillance laws. This is incredibly invasive and it may be unconstitutional. We're not going to see drones flying in my neighborhood, but we are going to see drones flying in the same neighborhoods that the NYPD has always targeted. The city's mayor vehemently defending the drones. Instead of the police having to respond uh, and uh, look at those, they're going to utilize drones from a safe distance up. Uh, not down, flying in someone's backyard to see what they have on the grill. According to research from the ACLU, there are currently 1,400 police departments in the United States using drone technology, including cities like Santa Monica, California, Chicago, and Boston. Last month, the NYPD put theirs to use after a botched gaming console giveaway promoted by an influencer erupted in chaos in Manhattan. Oh, hell no! <laughs> Yeah, so these drones are everywhere, and we got to recognize that they won't have facial recognition soon enough. And to get a little bit into that, too, X announced, Elon Musk, they were announcing a new biometric that, uh, let me get that back, Bloomberg reports on Bloomberg TV, Elon Musk, X will collect your biometric data. Here's a little clip on that. X, formerly known as Twitter, is going to collect my biometric data? Yeah. Yeah, so when this story broke last night, the the immediately obvious question was how? How are they going to do that? So I've spoken to X this morning, and this is what the company told me. First of all, this is only applicable to premium users, those that pay the subscription. What they're going to offer you the chance to do is submit a government-issued ID with a selfie, a picture. That will be used for two-stage verification, but it is from the government-issued ID where the biometric data will be extracted from along with, you know, the selfie, a scan of that image for matching purposes. And their argument is basically, look, uh, this authenticates you as a real human being. And one of the benefits that this will have, X tells me, is that it's going to really push back and fight against impersonation. And I don't know about you, Alex, about you, Danny. There are a few wannabe Ed Ludlows out there on the X platform that, hey, that I've noticed. And, You've made yeah, it. I know yeah. some, of them ha- some of them have more followers than I do. So it's interesting. <laughs> so hilarious right and i think we all knew it was coming i mean everybody thought elon was some hero but he wants to turn x into your bank account your everything your wechat and the only way to do that is by to verify you so again i'll be on x for now so you can follow me at sean chris ktmb but eventually i'm sure i'll be gone because i am not verifying my account and not giving any biometrics to them. Here's a story I really wanted to uh, break down. I heard this and it's about the UN and WHO and them wanting to teach minors, children, kindergartners about sex ed. And, you know, they say there's no agenda and all this stuff. There's nothing there with the trans movement. There's nothing there with this whole push for the LGBTQ, but now it's mainly the queer movement that this has nothing to do with anything going out there, but check out these clips and you could see for yourself what's going on. 
Also on the topic of children, three global organizations are implementing a plan to teach kindergartners about sexuality and, quote, empower children to say yes to sexual encounters. This according to a new report in the Epic Times. We spoke with its author, Darlene Sanchez, to learn more. So you can hear that right away. And here's the breakdown of one of the journalists from Epic Times. Darlene Sanchez, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. And Darlene, you just came out with an in-depth report titled Global Network Promotes Sexual Rights for Children. Tell us about what you found here. How young are we talking? Well, some of this sexual ed starts in kindergarten, believe it or not, and, you know, goes through high school. Um, Most parents out there, I think, would be familiar with sex ed, maybe starting in middle school and, you know, Certainly, you know, something in high school. But, um, yeah, this is is starting at kindergarten level. And uh, parents need to be aware they might start seeing this. And from what you found, who or what are the groups pushing this? What's behind this? There are actually, um, you know, a consortium of global networks, uh, global entities and um, agencies like the United Nations, um, the World Health Organization, uh, and then the International Planned Parenthood. Those three groups seem to be, you know, laser focused on sex ed and, believe it or not, sexual rights for children. Sexual rights for children. They they push it as if they need a right uh, to feel pleasure, and you'll hear more of that. that. They're going to talk about these people are pedophiles, man. They're straight up pedophiles, and they're pushing these. We knew uh, with the UN they have countless reports of rape and pedophilia same thing with the who and here's some more and from what you found in your research what is the why behind this why are they pushing this what happened is um back when uh president obama was in office he signed on to this u.n um u.n plan basically for the world uh it's a globalist plan and by 2030, they want to basically change the world and have, you know, everybody have, you know, equal rights. Everybody, you know, have, um, you know, a, a nice standard of living, that sort of thing. So it is like a utopian kind of thing, you know, or trying to push for something better than what they have now for everybody globally. And so it started coming into that. And part of that is education. So within the education component, they started in with the sex ed and the consent being part of sex ed. And it seems, you know, some of these, the International Planned Parenthood or IPPF has a kit instructing kids under the age of 10. It's quite young here. But what are critics and proponents telling you about this plan? Okay, so the proponents of it are saying, you know, children are just like anybody else. They need rights, too. They have the right, uh, sexual rights. Um, they have the right to enjoy pleasure. They have the right to even talked about have sexual fantasies. Um, you know, they're pushing that side of it. And they're saying also that children, you know, should be listened to when it comes down to consent and, you know, their ability to say yes to sex, believe it or not. So what they're saying is, based on a, a child's maturity, this child might be able to fully comprehend, understand, and give permission to have sex, um, you know, maybe 10, 11 years old, depending on their maturity level. Oh, my God. It's, it gets worse and worse. So they want to be able to have a child consent to this, so that way... When they do their sick deeds, they're like, oh, well, they consented to it and it's just perfectly fine. That's why I'm so glad there's all these pedo hunters online. I mean, I wish I could think off the top of my head, like uh, some of the organizations that like, and these are just people that are going after like individuals that are like texting kids and things like that. And they expose them. But this is on a way wider scale. They are trying to get to the kids uh, with perversion. And really get their minds away from what's going on in the world and not them and prevent them to be able to live a full life because they will be so traumatized from some of these encounters because there's going to be sexual predators that are going to go after these kids. And when they convince them that they can have consent, 
that that's just baffling to me. But I guess what parents need to be aware of is this is coming. This is not your your everyday sex ed. And Darlene, give us a sense of how easy or hard it was even for you to find out what was happening here. I you know, this is really like a web. Um, There was so many documents. Um, It's all layered. There's layers. And if you look at the article, you know, that's online, um, I have links to several of these articles and you can see how layered it is. So you really have to get in there to understand what they're saying. So given how much time it took you, parents might not even know about this. Is that fair to say? I think that's that's fair to say. Absolutely. I think it I mean, I don't think many parents out there realize what's going on here. I think parents are going to have to really keep focused on this and watch what their kids are. You know, if they sign up on sex ed, they need to make sure that it doesn't include some of this, um, you know, consent and rights to pleasure. Um, I would be very cautious. Yes. And there are some articles. I have one. um, Go to WHO International comprehensive sexual education. That's one of the uh, starting points that I would start there. They kind of start telling you about that. There's even an NPR NPR article that's talking about um, teaching kindergartners uh, sex ed and things of that nature. We really got to watch out because the perversion of our children uh, eliminates critical thinking, eliminates uh, creativity, just, just horrible, man. Like I said, these, these are nothing but pedophiles. They're pedophiles that are just trying to find loopholes. And they were talking about consent. Well, there is a Maryland senator, I believe. Yeah, Senator Jill Carter in Baltimore City. Tuesday emphasized her support for legislation that would prohibit minors from being convicted of first-degree murder and allow those who committed that crime as a minor to petition to have that finding reviewed by a court. And it goes further and she talks about how a minor can't consent to things. So they're not consenting to the murder and they're not not really knowing what they're doing. So I find it ironic that they will come out and say, hey, a child can't consent because of drugs or murder, which I agree too, because I think they're all children in their mindset. And depending on uh, their living situations and the tribe around them, you know, Hey, if you got nieces, nephews, you got kids, um, you got family members, be in all their lives as much as possible because the children are the future. And if we don't teach them, these other sickos will. And they're trying to give consent to kids. I think that if you can spread this information out because parents need to know it's not just the LGBTQ stuff. It's not just the trans stuff. There is actual global organizations, the UN, the WHO. And I'm sure there's some intelligent agencies in there, everything that are really trying to corrupt our children's mind. But I'm going to finish off on a more lighter story because I don't want to, I don't like to end off on something uh, that's terrible as that. But I do, I did feel like we needed to go through that because it's important, man. Like nobody is talking about these things. Not nobody. There's plenty of other podcasters, but the more of us that could talk about it, the better. I think we need to get that information out. But looks like uh, we got another smart city on the map or potential smart city. And it's called Cal Forever. Now, Cal Forever is going to be a city. Cal Forever, founded by Jan Shamarki, unveils first rendering of Utopian City near San Francisco and boasts it will feature better schools, safer streets, and less homelessness. Perfect, right? Flannery Associates, rebranded as California Forever, as it unveiled the plan, group led by Jan Saramaki. Sorry for all the mispronunciations. I haven't got a chance to actually find all the pronunciations. Been a little bit busy, hectic at work, but uh, I'm going to try to get better on it. But he spent $800 million buying 50,000 acres in Solon County. First artistic renderings of their planned utopian city were released thursday and uh, i will be posting that as well on twitter but here's a little clip uh talking about cali forever 
A website has just launched for a new megacity in California. After nearly five years under the radar, the company behind the massive land purchases is sharing its plans. NTD's David Lamb reports. These are rendered images of what a new megacity could look like in one California community. California Forever was created in 2017 by Flannery Associates CEO Jan Schrammick, who said he fell in love with the area. Officials say there's a lot at stake. If it's done correctly, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities for the county. Their uh, uh, tax revenue base will increase quite a bit. But again, I think you're giving up a quality of lifestyle that you're, that's kind of unique to this area. You don't really have this uh, a whole lot of other places. California Forever is backed by a group of wealthy tech investors hoping to build the city east of Fairfield near Travis Air Force Base. And so finding out who it was, you know, although it's good to know who the man behind the curtain is, it doesn't change, you know, the stance of our need to protect our Air Force base and to preserve our ag land. In 2018, Flannery Associates began purchasing 400 parcels and 55,000 acres of land in Solano County. But Congressman John Garamendi isn't too thrilled. Flannery Associates is using secrecy, bullying and mobster tactics to force generational farm families to sell. They have forced farmers off the land, hiring big city lawyers to file federal lawsuits claiming restraint of trade against seven farm families who refuse to sell their land and their heritage. According to California Forever, 81% of Solano parents that they recently surveyed said their kids won't be able to find a future of their own in the neighborhood. So. Another 2030 type agenda where they're pushing people out of their land um, in Cali forever or California forever. Look it up. It's going to, I think we're going to see a lot more of these mega cities. Uh, That's part of the reason I think they push for this defund the police, uh, letting the crime run rampant. Not only will we bow down to authoritarianism, we'll scatter into these smart cities. I'm not saying everybody, but a large portion of people. Well, that's all I got for you guys. Appreciate you getting through with me. Uh, been another rough week, but uh, again, I, I wanted to make sure that I got some of this out there uh, because there's important information and I know that not everybody could talk about it. So every now and then, we got to get out there and show them what's going on because it's news with attitude, man. You know what I'm saying? We we don't really give a well, shit. no shit. <laughs> but you can find us at killthemockingbirds.com. Give us a five-star review if you're on Apple or Spotify. But if you want to go directly to the podcast, because we don't know how long these tech lords will allow us to be on their platforms, because sooner or later, they're going to have a problem with what we're saying. And we might be gone, but where we won't be gone is at killthemockingbirds.com, where you can check out the podcast or go to newpodcastapps.com. Find a podcast there, because Podcasting 2.0, which was started by Adam Curry, trying to say podcasting suggest all of us get on there uh let's decentralize as much as possible help support the show by sharing the show uh help support the show you go to our cash app which is below or you can help support the show um by purchasing merch there's some cool merch and like i said we got a new shirt coming out i think you guys are going to really love it we'll probably be making that announcement maybe later this week but uh thanks again guys don't forget to follow the music sean chris on all music streaming platforms. I'm going to get out of here again on one of my uh, songs called uh, Own Nothing, Be Happy. Appreciate y'all. We out. Close.
cast Exposing the state Hassan has Fuck your army and navy Nothing can save thee Murder was the case They gave me Stephen Avery APB with the 18 You pity the fool No wonder why you hate me Microchips implanted a wrist A quick flick and assist Public transportation Uber or Lyft QR code denied Jedi mind tricks Artistic violence by design You own nothing Nothing be happy Mass surveillance nowhere to hide You own nothing And be happy Mass surveillance nowhere to hide You own nothing And be happy Mass surveillance nowhere to hide You own nothing And be happy Mass surveillance nowhere to hide Look in the mirror what the man say Silence, not a damn thing Another campaign Hopes and dreams pop a bottle of champagne Coke train slang, pretty women cocaine John Wayne, six shooter Ukraine Fireball shots, Liu Kang Wars forever like Wu-Tang Lurch, you rang George W. Bush, rule change Twin towers fall, who hangs, who sang Roll switch, softball, slow pitch Poor bitch, apartment full of roaches Who's the father, paternity test Lava Mori Povich, fear and loathing Roller coasting, locomotion, it's so atrocious Building six exploding, eviction notice and debt AK-47, respect You own nothing, nothing, be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide You own nothing, and be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide You own nothing, and be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide You own nothing, and be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide Alphabetic agencies manipulate the human population with propaganda It's time for the working class to unite, get strapped up and locked and loaded We ain't giving a fuck about body trumping on these bitch ass motherfuckers. It's the state against the people, not me versus you. Locked and loaded. Bye.